So we have a pretty simple format with uh, the event we do here today. It's just Jim and I will just go ahead and be sharing. Um, we'll do a little introduction. I think most of you, let me ask you, if, um, anybody here not meditated before? Excellent. That's nice to know. So we got some Ekankar, MSA, ILM, so we're all on the same page. And some Sai Baba stuff too, so we can <laughs> cover the East and the West. So it's good to know a little bit of that background. So just, I always like to ask because depending on how familiar people are or not, we'll go into more of an explanation. But if not, when we do the meditation, we just do a nice uh, short guided meditation and then we spend some time in silence just to go into that inner stillness and peace. And we, we use a sacred name, as, uh, as you probably have heard with Ekankar, the Hugh and Anna Hugh, I know both of you know, and everybody else here, that these sacred names of God are what we could call the inner sounds or tones, or as we like to say, the still small voice of God, as God expresses God's loving, that loving is often expressed through both light and sound. And so we'll talk about the inner light and the inner sounds. And even why we call it inner light ministries is that action of the light of the Holy Spirit, that light of what some people call the Christ consciousness or the light of the soul. We like to use all kinds of terminology just so we, I like to say we like to use words that people understand rather than words that maybe people have different belief systems around or superstitions. So a lot of the communication that we try to do here is just to help give understanding and an, an idea of what we're talking about in a direction that we can move with things. Because the action of the Holy Spirit is really going to, one, be both the same for all of us, but yet unique to each of us at the same time, according to what our own individual details or, as we use the word, karmas are, or lessons that we're each here to have in our, in our lifetimes that's plural lifetimes so <laughs> but we'll just stay focused on this one right now <laughs> that's plenty enough to deal with right right now so so the action of the meditation that we do there's the hue and the ana hue that often called the spoken names of god that begin to attune us to that frequency of the holy spirit and our own soul nature and it's that frequency that we really want to be attentive to and focused upon and as we do that and focus in literally if we're chanting or singing the hue or the anahue out loud or silently inside, that, that tone, that sound within that is an inner sound dealing with the Holy Spirit and the soul's consciousness that as we focus upon that, it'll bring us more awake and aware of our own divinity within ourselves. And just like anything in this world, you've got to focus on something to do something, to get something done, to have a direction, to arrive somewhere. I like to say, just like getting here to the building today, you had to have some directions and address and knowing where you're going and also why you're going there. So we like to take the time to talk about these things, to give an understanding like, okay, here's God's address. His address is a... Uh, zero 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 on a hue avenue so you know we just need a place to go towards and again for each of us it's a journey today it's in new york tomorrow it's in london you know so it's like as long as we have that clarity of intention and focus and have a tool to get us there or a vehicle as we like to say whether it's a plane or a train or a boat or just our own legs 
to get us there, then that's something we can utilize. So when we talk about things such as a hue or on a hue, we also look at them as tools that can help to move us to where we want to get to. But in this case, since it's a different type of a journey rather than a physical one, more of a spiritual action, we're gonna be dealing then with a different type of vehicle. And so that vehicle we call the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can be known by many names. But in here we work with the hue and the on a hue because that name that God has shared as a frequency specifically for that action of the Holy Spirit and the soul's consciousness. So by utilizing that which God has shared with us to utilize, it has its function or specific purpose that as we utilize it, it'll bring us into the experience and arriving, so to speak, at the destination of what it was meant for. And so I'd like to say there's a lot of practicality in what we do. Even in the East, this pathway known as Surat Shab Yoga, or the path of sound and light, or the yoga of sound and light, is also one by which has been called the science of the soul. So a lot of what we try to share here, we try to keep practical because if we can keep it practical in a sense scientific, then we can have a greater clarity of focus and understanding, which really assists as we know a lot of different religions or spiritual practices can be really superstitious based or have a lot of different connotations of positive and negatives that one can both serve us, but obviously can also be a disservice as far as distracting us from really maybe our own greater inner awakening. So a lot of what we share here in Interlight Ministries is really all about that inner awakening process in the ways and means by which we can awaken to that divinity within ourselves. And that's the real goal and intention in all that we do in ILM and a few other pathways as we know that have that same focus and intention. And so it's good to know, and I'm starting that way because it's always good to know, well, what is your intention? What is your focus? Like, why did, we could even say, we could go over in the room and say, why did you come here today? And we, we may all have the same reasons or we may all have very completely different reasons. And that's really okay no matter what it is. Like when I started my spiritual journey and where I'm at now, I wasn't looking for God. I was looking for psychic manifestations and out-of-body experiences. And then I arrived here. You know, so it's, there's a journey that each of us has that we're going to take. And part of what we try to do here is give tools. And some of those tools we talk about besides the hue and on hue, which I'm going to go into more here as well. One of our other tools we like to use in LAF and ILM is called LAF, laugh. Loving, accepting, and forgiving. And so the simple tools of loving, accepting, forgiving you know, and a laugh acronym like that kind of keeps it more uplifting and lighthearted in that way. Have a good laugh, as they often say, laughter is a sign of freedom. And that's often one of the qualities or characteristics of our divine nature. So as we utilize these tools to support ourselves to get to where we want to get to. And as I was saying, because it's, this is not about a physical journey, it's about an inner spiritual journey well, it's a different process. It takes a different level of awareness and understanding than what it does physically to move about this world. So sometimes it can be very confusing or chaotic. A lot of things spiritually can seem like a paradox or backwards compared to what we're used to doing in the world. The ego's nature is often a down and out focus and has a push 
But the spiritual action or the soul's nature is an in and up pull. Many of you may have heard the phrase, God is calling everybody, but how many are there who really answer? Who's answering the call? But that call comes within. And so we've got to listen deeply within, not with our physical ears, but to become more attentive and aware spiritually with the ear of the soul, the eye of the soul, that inner knowing, that inner movement to answer that call that is an inward and upwards pull. Just like in this world we have magnetism that either attracts or repels, well, the action of spirit is more like this inner magnet that pulls us in and up. It attracts us back to our divine origins, which is in the heart of God. If I can use that terminology, I hope everybody's comfortable with that, because if you're not, I'm sorry, but I'm going <laughs> to use that anyway. But again, like I was saying, we use words to help define or describe something. So this journey that we're sharing about here today and really shared about all over in the world, and the basis of every religion is the same of what we're doing here, is just that over time, a lot of different religions, spiritual practices, call them whatever you want, superstitions, can lead us in the right direction for a while, but they can also mislead us if we don't have a greater understanding or even a clarity of intention of where we want to go to. So when we work with, I'm going to come back now to that two of the hue and the anahu, the sac spoken sacred names, are very simple tools that as we begin to utilize them, that we can begin to not only, in a sense, attune ourselves to that frequency or that sound within those names, but then those names themselves have a power to them. Like the magnet, I was just saying, an inwards and upwards pull. And that's what we want to focus on as we do this action of what we call meditation, is that as we focus on these names, we also want to pay attention with our inner senses, just like we have the five outer senses. Well, if we were to say, okay, let me use all those same senses, but focus them all inside and up rather than out here to feel something, to see something, to hear something, to taste or smell something. We want to really now focus that inside, which can seem strange at times, but over time, in working with like the hue or anti hue, and I will go into later the sacred names that we talk about in initiation as well, or what we call the unspoken names of God, which is taking the hue and anti hue in a sense to the next level of the spiritual journey. But it's that frequency in those names that have this power. It's often referred to as the power of the name. That power of the name is that energy that we can call unconditional loving, or that essence of God, by which not only does it call the soul home, but literally we can begin to, as we attune to that, experience that inner pull in and up, as well as, just like we can chant a hue or anahu, well, depending on how deeply we listen within to use those other inner senses, we can literally begin to hear that inner small voice of God calling us home. And it is not uncommon to actually even hear our own name at some point called. You may hear your name, literally you go, who said that? <laughs> some of you I know have already had that. If you haven't, at some point you probably will. 
So literally, God will call us by our name. That's why we have to listen closely, because sometimes we may not realize it's actually an inner voice, an inner sound calling us rather than one outside around us. It'll be very similar. But again, if we pay more attention and become aware and attune ourselves to that spiritual frequency, we're going to become aware of the difference between the inner and the outer senses. And that can take time to develop. It's really a lifelong journey, as we know. And we're going to have our experiences along the way that are going to serve us in that journey of our own divine awakening and or our own outer karmic fulfillments and what we're doing with our physical lives. But when we're ready, as in those who get together and gatherings like this is because there's something inside of us that is ready in wanting to know and understand more about the spiritual nature of who we are rather than who we are in the world and what we're to do in the world, but rather who we truly are spiritually and what we're to do spiritually and those differences. So it's a different conversation to say the least. But the biggest part of that conversation, regardless of what we share here today or what you may hear or share or read at any time, is to really have the clarity of understanding of where it is you want to go to and to learn what you can do to support yourself into moving into that experience or getting to where you want to go. So with the Hugh and Anahues, we utilize those names to focus upon that that frequency in there will begin to bring us there. Just like getting in the elevator to come up to this floor to arrive here in this room. These names are the same way. They serve as an elevator, so to speak, that can lift us up to those different dimensions spiritually so that we can begin to rise above the physical experience. But when I say physical, I don't mean just the physical body. But even our own imagination, our own emotions, our own thoughts and belief systems, our own mental process, and even above our own unconscious and subconscious into the divine essence of who we really are as a divine spark of God, the soul, that inner light of God's loving. So there's a very specific intention with the names that we work with even. They have that function of bringing us into awake and aware and rising or lifting us above all these other levels of consciousness back into the soul's essence, our divine nature, which is loving. And so it is with that intention and focus and understanding by which we not only share, but as we move into this action of meditation, that is what I like to say what we're attempting to do because it's often an attempt, but if we make that attempt over and over, eventually we do arrive. Eventually we have more awareness and experience with that divine nature of who we are. And then it's doing it over and over. Just like anything else, the more you participate, the more you involve, your, involve yourself in something, you have more experience. And as you have greater experience, you have greater understanding of all the aspects of whatever that is that you're participating in. That's the practical part here. There's no difference. The more you involve yourself and participate in the spiritual action, such as what we're sharing here, 
that you're going to begin over time to have more experience, more awareness, and over time more understanding of what that is and all that comes with that. And then you can decide whether you like it or not, whether you want to do more or not. There's a real freedom of choice. I've learned God gives freely, so we have to choose freely. Jim and I try to, in ILM, share freely and give the freedom to everybody to do with it as they please. Because if we put any kind of limitations, laws, belief systems on that, we now have just limited God and God's expression. So if we have to say, okay, here with what we're sharing, you have to do it this way. <laughs> Who's going to make you do that anyway? I don't know where you live. <laughs> you know what I did? I don't want to take the time to do that. I have a hard enough time just taking care of my own life, right? <laughs> so there is this action called freedom. Is that an action? Depends on how you look at it, right? There's freedom or freedom of choice that most of the time we find in our world here, we find ourselves limited, restricted by laws, by obligations, by have-tos. This is the right way. That's the wrong way. And so as we move into that, we literally are just conditioned into the limitation, which in that limitation, unbeknownst to us, we literally find ourselves bound in prison, so to speak, by those limitations in our belief systems around all that, whether it's right or wrong. doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. There's a lot of things that are really good that we could call right or righteous. I like to say that and then there's plenty we could call wrongtious. <laughs> no matter whether it's right or wrong, if we adhere, in a sense, believe that so strongly that we don't have any level of freedom or fluidity for any other conditions, or lack of conditions for that matter, we literally imprison ourselves. And so a lot of this action is not only one of like when I talked about the LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving, are tools that we can utilize to help release our restrictions or limitations to give us greater freedom. Well, that's what takes place automatically as we go within and focus upon the sacred name of God that that frequency itself of loving that is in that sound, that name, automatically begins to move us into that experience of unlimitedness, of unconditional loving, unconditional, no conditions, no limitations, no restrictions. And that's where it takes a participation and a freedom of choice that we're not being made to do this, we're not obligated, we don't have to. And not just from somebody else, just even ourselves. If we run a program on ourselves that is very restricting and nobody around us is laying that on us, well, all we've got to do is look to ourselves then and say, wow, I'm doing this to myself. Do I really want to live in this restrictive, limited way? Or would I like to live and more of a state of freedom. And so a lot of this, we want to begin to look at what we're choosing into and even what we're choosing out of. Because as we become more awake and aware, we'll begin to see how we have limited ourselves. And then we can make the choice, oh my God, do I want to keep doing that? Or do I want to let that go and now choose to do something differently 
where I can experience greater joy and freedom and peace and not have that experience and all that comes with it of the limitation and restriction. And again, that's our choice to choose for ourselves. But a lot of times we're living in restriction unconsciously that it's become a habit that we've been conditioned to that we're not even aware of anymore. Over time, we've just forgotten and now we're just living in limited ways and restricted ways, not even knowing why we may be depressed or angry or upset or feeling so limited in ways. So in this journey of awakening and upliftment, not only does working with this action of meditation, the sacred name begin to bring us more aware and attuned to that frequency of loving, but the freedom that comes with that begins to permeate through literally those restrictions we've created all around us until they just dissolve. It's just like rain eventually erodes even rock and stone. The hardest, whatever substance eventually erodes. And so that's the action of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, that if we meditate, it assists us in eroding away dissolving those things that have imprisoned us that we have created in our own choices but making those choices not even understanding really what the choices were we were making or even if we did understand at one point we have long forgotten especially if you want to talk about other lifetimes <laughs> especially then so this action of meditation can bring us more aware and in that awareness of seeing where we've been limited and choosing to let go or to forgive and now choosing the greater freedom. And as we choose that, it's like making the choice, I am going to get on that elevator. Every time we do the meditation and focus on the sacred name, we're choosing to get on the elevator and go to a higher floor. And that's a choice. But if we didn't even know the elevator's there, <laughs> and we just believed where we were in our room is all we have, regardless if it's a nice room or a really ugly, dirty room and really constricted, doesn't matter. Some people have created very beautiful rooms to live in, but that becomes their prison. So that's part of the other action, is even having the awareness that there's other options, and especially that there's actually an elevator we can go get into to now go to a higher level, to have a greater experience, so to speak, that is more unlimited. So as we move into meditation here in a little bit, I can be long-winded sometimes, <laughs> that that's a lot of what we want to do or keep in mind. Eventually, we want to get out of our minds. <laughs> and that's part of the action here with the meditation as we focus on that sacred name and move more into our soul essence, the spiritual part. Well, the nature of spirit is uplifting. We want to rise above the mind and everything of the physical nature. But first, we've got to go into the divinity right here in the physical level where we find ourselves focused. So we've got to go into that spirit within us right where we're at. And then, like I said, it's like getting in the elevator. So if we're in the bottom floor, and we go, oh, here's the elevator, what we call the spiritual eye, the third eye. The door, as Rumi said, is open and round. No matter what you call it, it is this place here, right above the eyebrows, that spiritual eye center that is the spiritual door. Why? 
because that's the place by which the soul enters into and leaves the physical consciousness. I always like to say, have you ever seen a, some of the old Renaissance paintings where they show the halos around the saints? Those bulbs of golden white light? That one actually, that's symbolic of the saints that have awakened to their soul nature. But in that awakening, it's also giving us all a reference of where we need to focus, where the soul, the divine nature is. It's always the upper part of the head here. Everything below the eyebrows is duality. Two eyes, two ears. I don't have two other holes, but I won't, <laughs> I won't go that low today. I'll try to stay a little higher with my humor today. We'll see how long that lasts. I'm known for potty humor, okay? So, <laughs> so we want to come to that single eye or third eye. I, I like to say single eye or spiritual eye rather than third eye because it's still like, well, that's more than polarity now. Now I'm really getting confused. So we'll go to the single eye, the spiritual eye. We've got to bring ourselves to the place where spirit is, not try to bring spirit to where we want it to be. That's the ego trying to control again. We've got to move to the place where we let go and surrender our control, surrender the ego and its processes to move into the soul and become aware of that. And it literally can be as simple as just simply beginning to focus ourselves into the spirit of who we are and again, even as we do that, automatically, the more we focus into the spirit of who we are, all that that is of the ego and the worldly nature just begins to dissolve, to drop away. At least, even if it's just temporarily while we're in meditation, and then of course, when we come back from meditation, we find ourselves right back in it. Well, that's why we want to meditate over and over. And over time, we find the process easier. We find ourselves moving into greater freedom. We experience more loving and joy and peace. And if we're not experiencing that in our meditations, we might want to look at what we still have running or what we're doing and why we're not experiencing greater joy, loving, and peace. To realize the mind is a tricky thing. The mind will even take spiritual teachings and wonderful things in life and begin to create new belief systems, new obligations, new structures that now bind and limit us. So part of this process is, in a sense, having um, an eternal awareness or sometimes called vigilance and paying attention so we never, in a sense, fall back asleep to the games of the mind where we may have gotten freedom from it, but now, once again, we find ourselves trapped by it because we started doing this new spiritual action and it was serving us very well for many, many years but then we've got so conditioned into the spiritual action it actually became a habit that now limits us because we created all these rituals and belief systems around this. And now the rituals and belief systems around this once great action now becomes our limitation. Rather than going, oh my God, I got caught up in all my belief systems and rituals around this wonderful spiritual action and I lost sight of the tools, the techniques that were there to serve me into my own spiritual freedom and liberation. Or in other words, just to be more loving. That's why we always want to be aware of that spiritual nature, spiritual essence of who we are, because that is always loving, joyful, accepting, forgiving. And at any time, if we don't find ourselves in those particular aspects or characteristics, that's an indicator right there. We, in a sense, have 
now lost their focus and now got caught back up in some type of belief system, even around the most wonderful things. And that's more common than what we really care to realize. That's why it's ever eternally vigilant to pay attention and use our inner awareness rather than based upon the physical actions we take. And it can be as simple as sitting down, meditating. Hey, Ford, come on in. We're talking. Yeah. <laughs> and just so you know, water there, a little snack. You're welcome to move around, sit wherever. And a bathroom straight out the door if you need one while we're here. So. And um, so we're just doing a sharing right now. We haven't even gone into meditation yet because I'm kind of being long-winded. Usually we'll start with the meditation, but we'll get there eventually. So, so again, it's just really paying attention and being aware constantly so that we don't lose focus. And once again, because the mind and the ego structure will always try to take anything in its experience and create a new belief system or structure that becomes now the new limitation for the truth of who you are is the soul. And so we ever have to be watchful in ourselves that we don't let something new we've entered into now become our new trap or prison. And that's just part of the process. That's really, in a sense, life in general. But, you know, as we keep doing things and the longer we do things, the more we just kind of get used to it and can kind of get lazy or tired and say, ah, it's all right, don't really care anyway, so what the heck? And that may be fine with a lot of things, but some things, especially the true action or movement of spirit, is something we might not want to, in a sense, give up on or be lazy with and, in a sense, just accept things the way they are. Even though we talk about acceptance, <laughs> this is where it can be a little paradoxical. Okay, I want to accept everything just the way it is, including myself. But oh my God, myself is choosing to participate in actions that are not necessarily uplifting and loving anymore. So, so well, great, accept that you've now moved into an action of limitation that's not uplifting and loving anymore, and then get off your frickin' butt and then do something else, right? <laughs> and that's the case where we each have to really look within ourselves to find that our own inner motivations or inspirations what's really important to us because when we have something that's important to us we're going to take action you can't stop it that's a nice thing the nature of the soul is loving and creative no matter how much we try to suppress and restrict the nature of the soul it ain't going to happen you could be literally thrown in prison in a little room and bars and you're still not going to stop that action of loving creativity of the soul. You're going to find a way to express that loving creativity right there in your own little prison cell. But guess what? That's what we're doing in these physical bodies. Our own little prisons. And what are we doing inside of them? So, that can sound kind of hard or like, wow, man, this guy's kind of all doom and gloom. Or we can look at it and say, well... Maybe there is some truth there. How much is this physical body limiting? How much are my thoughts and feelings limiting me? And realize there is a key to open the door to let you out. And that's the whole action. Getting back to the hue and anahue and the sacred names of God are the key, often referred to literally as the keys to the kingdom. 
the keys to the spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of God, and out of the physical one where we experience it imprisonment. Even though it looks like we've got a large world, and when we can eventually travel beyond this world to other planets, <laughs> well, there we are, always limited by this body, one way or another, regardless of how far in the universe we can travel, there's always the limitations of the body. Well, when we begin to utilize these keys to the kingdom, the spiritual ones, is when we're going to begin to discover when we can open this door here, this door here, and step out, you want to see some interesting things. And believe, I like a lot of the Hubble Space Telescope and a lot of outer space stuff, seeing it's beautiful and pretty destructive, some of it out there too in the universe. But this inner journey, when you step out of the door here and begin to have your own space travel, or what we like to say, your inner space travel, it gets not only as magnificent, but much more magnificent than what we even see out here in a lot of the pictures we've seen. But it is that journey that we want to begin to now really understand and how, one, Know that there even are keys. Know that there really is something beyond just the physical. But then how do we do that? How do we get the keys? How do we utilize them? And then even once we know that and we can open that door to now get out of this body and begin to now travel or move about and have other experience beyond the physical, well, where do we go there? What do we do then? And that's a whole other talk maybe I'll do after we take a little bit of meditation time and give Jim an opportunity to share as well. But that is the next part of the journey. So right now I'm just sharing a little bit, just the beginning of that to kind of set the pace or prepare the space that we can begin to move into that action. And so just realize no matter how long we meditate, whether today, like I said, we'll probably do about 20, 30 minutes, that even if you move into hours of meditation, that as you keep giving yourself opportunity, well, then you're going to have greater experience, more opportunity in a sense to walk through that door and to have the time to check out some other places. <laughs> so in my sharing just now, hopefully that at least gave some idea of uh, what we're doing to some degree, not all of it. Like I said, I'm just touching the ground floor, so to speak, to get ready to step through that. But I just want to have enough information there so you have an idea of what we're actually doing. And so as we move into meditation and begin to open that door, well, there's a couple things to be aware of as well. So that as you, because most people often when they begin to move into spiritual experience, they often have maybe a little anxiety or apprehension because there's an unknownness. Why well, I, I know my physical surroundings, I know my physicality, but wow, I don't know this other part. If I leave this physicality, what then? People get a little scared sometimes. And maybe not. I was always excited. I'd hear about these stories. I'd go, wow, I want to experience that and just go. Some people are afraid of getting lost. Am I going to get back to my body? I've heard people be scared of that as well. I wish. But <laughs> no, we're going to get back to our body. Most of the time you get pulled back to your body when you'd rather not as well. So it's like, yeah, I'm ready to move on. But 
as it's known, if we still have a few unlearned lessons to experience, we're going to be pulled back. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because we are here to have experience and learn from that experience. And then truly when we're complete, to step free of it. And so at the same time that we're talking about stepping free of our limitations here, well, just know that every time we meditate, we're moving towards that greater freedom. I said, dissolving all the restrictions. But in that dissolving the restrictions, it's actually honoring and through the process over time, fulfilling a lot of why we're here for our physical experience and the lessons with all that. And so we want to honor that, accept that, not make it wrong. And at the same time, in a sense, by meditating, we're preparing ourselves. At the same time, we're having experience right here while we're living, no matter how many days, weeks, months, or years left to go in this lifetime, that at the same time, not only are we slowly dissolving and letting go of a lot of those physical attachments, karmas, restrictions, at the same time, we're gradually waking up and preparing ourselves for when that day comes and we do let go of the body and take that last breath, that we'll have done something to prepare ourselves to now take that greater journey, to continue on, and hopefully to be able to do it without being afraid of it. To have some level of understanding and awareness of what's to come or where we're moving towards, so that one, it can be a lot easier to let go of the physical, and actually maybe even look forward to where we're going. And so there's this process of where we're literally turning things around or upside down of slowly releasing and letting go of the physical and opening more and more to the spiritual. That way it makes it an easier transition, something we can look forward to, because we'll hopefully already have had a taste, an idea, greater experience already of that magnificent loving and freedom that comes the more we move into that spiritual awakening. So at the same time, this meditation practice is not only here to serve us today in this moment, whatever is going on in our lives, but at the same time preparing us for what's to come. And it actually is often the action that is doing both at the same time, both preparing us for what to come and finishing what's been. It's very interesting because a lot of times when we have gotten into some scientific conversation around this spiritual journey, often time and space will begin to collapse upon itself or the past and the future will come right to the present where there is no more past or future. You ever heard the phrase, be here, be now? Just live in the present, live in the now? Well, that's a lot of what happens when I was talking about the eroding or the dissolving. A lot of our future experience is based upon what we've done in the past. So if we're doing this action of meditation to rise above, well, we're on a different pathway. We're on a vertical pathway now, rather than one of the past and projecting more to the future. We're now beginning to dissolve or bring the future and the past to this one point where there's no future or past left. And all there is is the vertical. That's what we would call true freedom and liberation, where now the soul truly just does that elevator right up and eventually we get off on that top floor or even go beyond and there's nothing to come back to 
So really this pathway, the spiritual action that we share here is really ultimately about that freedom and liberation of the soul where we really fulfill our life's experience and lessons here in all the physical creation and really move back into, as I said, these sacred names are known as the keys to the kingdom. So as we utilize them, we open the doors to those kingdoms and of ultimately the true spiritual kingdom fully. And at the same time, the doors behind us just close naturally on their own. We don't have to shut them. We don't have to lock them. We don't have to burn any bridges. We like to say, just surrender, let it go, and let the Holy Spirit handle all that. Let the grace of God handle all that. Don't concern yourself with that. Rather, keep your eyes single-pointed and focused on where you're going. And allow the loving that you're waking up to and as you expand into to literally move in you and through you. Let behind you be a trail of loving and let the loving handle and do what it's going to do and don't concern yourself with that. So that you truly step forward, not only in freedom and liberation, but focused on where you're going and truly letting go of the past. If we keep turning around and looking to the past, what happens? We turn to a pillar of salt like Lot's wife. <laughs> Throw a little pepper in there and maybe a good prime rib or something. I don't know. You know, it's just a process that all these spiritual sayings, so to speak, that we've all heard over the years, they're meant to really serve us. But it's nice to have some understanding how they can serve us, what they really mean, so that we can utilize that to our benefit. So I know I'm talking a lot more than I had planned on, but I trust that. It's, it's kind of fun because once we get in this place where we begin sharing this action of the Holy Spirit that takes place when we just make ourselves available in the moment, it's really nice just to see what unfolds and everybody who gathers together because there's no talk that Jim and I do that is exactly the same. There's a lot of same content that's utilized or talked about from time to time, but it's always fresh and new depending on who's ever gathered. It's just part of that action that as we gather here, we each bring something unique together and it's everybody together that in a sense creates that wholeness that the Holy Spirit will come together and collect together and then share and deliver in a way that speaks to each of us to support us on our journeys. And that's part of what we're trying to serve here when we get together with any group of people is to share that serves those who are present in, their, in, their, in each of your own unique ways. And at the same time, there are common or commonalities that apply to all of us that can be applied at any point in our own journeys. And it's often not just the information we present, but often just getting together here with a common focus. It's very interesting. I've learned over the years that when we just to get together and just listen, like to one person sharing, that focus that takes place is just like meditation. It is that focus. And even on the sound or the voice of whoever is sharing, it's that that can often lull us to sleep or I like to say lawless awake. It's not uncommon for the body to start to get tired and wanting to sleep and close our eyes because we, as we move into more of that meditative focus, it's very peaceful and quieting, and relaxing. And as it does, then the spirit begins to wake up. You've heard the phrase, peace be still and know that I am. 
We've got to come to that place of peace and stillness. So if you're doing that even while we're talking, that's great. And that's the action and the direction we want to move in meditation as well. That as we come to this place of peace and stillness as we focus into the spirit, that divine point, that at some point it becomes so still. Well, in that stillness is where we really let go. Because no longer are we being distracted and pulled on by all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, all of our fantasies, all the physical body stuff. And so that's the place we want to come to, whether you're just listening right now and whether you're doing the meditation. And it is that point when we can come so still, when that letting go takes place, that's when the soul truly then steps free and steps into that greater journey beyond the physical, into the I am, that I am that I am that even Moses talked about. Where was that? The top of Mount Sinai? What if this is the top of Mount Sinai? What if our bodies are that mountain that we're all climbing to come to the top, to see the burning bush, to hear the voice of God? Sure, there's a Mount Sinai out in the world. But what if a lot of these things that have been shared over the ages literally were symbolic or references to give to each soul on the journey to come to a greater inner understanding? I even heard at one point the true interpretation wasn't Moses climbing to the top of Mount Sinai, but rather going in the mountain and up to the top to go into the mountain and climb to the top. Well, the action of meditation is known as going in and up. And that's what we're doing. We're bringing our attention out of the world and into the mountain, into ourselves, and rising to the top of the mountain, which is the seat of the soul, or that spiritualized center, where the burning bush is. And what is the burning bush? But the light of our own soul, that God essence of who we really are that speaks to us that we speak to in this consciousness but eventually we actually begin to merge into in our awareness and come to realize we actually are that very essence itself and that's a lot of the journey is coming to that state of awareness and awakening to know ourselves as one with God rather than there's God, here's me, I'm separate, I'm alone, but rather coming ultimately to that place of knowing our oneness, that we're not alone, we're not in separation, but truly in union. That divine union, often called communion, is really the action that we're coming to as we do this meditation practice.